podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Touchland Frecus. Uh, today, we're joined by um, yeah, a very international and diverse crowd, I'd, I'd say. Um, we're going to intro Jermaine first. How you doing, bro? What's good? Yeah, all good, my brother. How are you? Yeah, man. You'll never walk alone and all them things. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, so, and then we've got Dan. How you doing, Dan? Our Bundesliga correspondent. What's good, man? You all good, Teddy? Yeah, how you doing, man? What's, what's welcome to uh, Touchland Fracas in, in German? Like, in, it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. They come into Touchland Fracas. So okay, okay. Like I, I'll remember that for, ne- for next time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And we have uh, Julian in his uh, do-rag. Um, he's just telling us about not social distancing. What was you saying there, bro? No, nah, it's nothing, man. I just... I was, I was, I've been here all weekend still, I can't lie, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just, just been chilling. Head yeah, scratching. Man. Yeah, head scratching. Just head scratching. Drag on, yeah, man. Like, it's mad, but it's good, man. It's good. I'm all right, I'm all right. Cool. Um, and then we have our La Liga correspondent, Dems. How you doing, bro? What's good? Ah, yes, yes. Hola, hola. Hola, hola. Yes, yes, yes. Black Sidla, Dems. What's up, yeah. people? Yeah, so I specifically wore this top just for Dems. Um, Obviously, know, man's got the, the Real Madrid tracksuit. My, my enemy or my, my enemy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. All right, let's, let's get into it. Um, so, today, obviously, we're going to speak about um, Bundesliga and stuff like that. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to start on the news about three players from Brighton testing positive for COVID. Um, and then, obviously, with that news, you saw Todd Cantwell uh, quote tweet and basically said, uh, we're, we're human too. Um, what do you guys kind of think about that? Because uh, we've been discussing on this podcast about, um, yeah, the season coming back. But, um, yeah, some of these players kind of have families and it, it was quite interesting for, for, for Cantwell to actually be public with um, 
with with a statement like that. So yeah, what what do you guys think? Anybody can chime in. Yeah, man. Um, I'll start with that one. I totally agree with him. I totally agree with that sentiment that he's putting out there because I feel like there's been a lot of um, intentional and unintentional pressure, um, especially on the Premier League players because um, obviously, look, we all enjoy football and especially in a time like this, we would love it to be back on. But um, I feel like that, that pressure um, has been dripping, well, not dripping, but leaking onto the players in the sense of um, people want it back so quickly. They want them to rush back and um, like get straight back in when realistically, okay, say let's all, um, they all go back on that and um, say somebody contracts it. You know, another player contracts it and another player, another player, another player. They're scared too, isn't it? Mm. So I feel like um, I can definitely see where he's coming from with that. And then we just need to recognise that, um, well, not we, but the, the powers that we need to recognise the fact that it is a game, not like the be one end all. Mm. They should go back when it is completely safe for them to do so. And if it's not, then not come back. No, yeah. no, no, that's fair. Um, I'm interested to hear, uh, Julian. Julian, what do you think? Because you're a Liverpool fan. You know, Liverpool, um, clearly, they're going to win the league um, as it stands. Uh, obviously, you know, most important thing is human life. But um, when you're talking about in regards to football, Liverpool have the... The, the the most to lose and I always see Liverpool fans under comments thinking there's an agenda when everybody says let's uh, let's void the league or whatever and yeah sometimes there is an agenda but yeah I would like to get your thoughts on that and, um, and what you think about Cantwell uh, publicly uh, disagreeing at the end of the day um, I, I agree with I agree with them um, it's, yeah they, these people should not be playing and this goes for around the nation not even just with footballers like footballers as Cantwell said just because they're superstars in our eyes and they earn lots of money doesn't mean that they're immune to this illness as much as all of us make, they may recover for it faster but not immune to it at all um, the fact that even as a nation we're going we're, like, we're planning to relax this lockdown is quite poor in general and the fact that you know you're forcing you know like yeah again you're forcing footballers to now um, go outside in such still quite dangerous climates and play against people that are probably going to be, you know, around people, travelling around people. And it's, it's still the same. Like, it's nah. Now, I'm with Liverpool fans talking like there's an agenda for, you know, for people to um, lock off the league because they don't want us to win. Like, literally, like, of course, there are going to be this, there's going to be the odd few that are, you know, taking it a bit too far and, more, and you know, want, want to make it a laughing joke. But at the end of the day, people are all right. Like, as much as they, as much as they don't want Liverpool to win the league, the fact remains: people are dying, and it's the our first league title while there's a real pandemic going on. It's, 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 it's not, it's nothing about being selfish or agendas. It's about human lives, and yeah, I definitely feel like these players shouldn't force, force start anytime soon um, to play football. Um, just, just, just for entertainment. But again, it all comes down to money. Like Sky Sports and BT are probably putting pressure on them, saying we gave you a certain amount for a certain amount of games that need to go live. Um, also, you know, club funds, player needed to get paid. It's all, it's all a, a roll-on effect that, is, yeah, that all comes down to money. And these, that's what these footballers are, are being faced to do. They're being faced to meet quotas that clubs need to get to, you know, be a, to, to, you know um, for their sponsorship bills or, or whatever. What. So, so, yeah, man, Campbell's completely right. He should be scared. And I think the Premier League and the FA and football clubs in general should, um, around the world should just look at if it's the right decision to... Um, move forward with football so soon. 
Yeah, no, that, that that's that's um that's interesting. Um, on top of that, uh, I think it was Delaney, uh, the journalist. Um, I didn't read the article, but there was a point in the headline where he he spoke about uh, a potential opt out. Uh, so if you're a player, for example, and you know you're fearful, or you live with somebody that's vulnerable, or yeah, you're just you're just scared. There's a, a potential opt out um, of playing a game or playing during this COVID crisis. Uh, what do you guys think about the opt outs? Uh, you know the opt out scenario, because um, on top of that, uh, what someone was saying is basically there's footballers that currently want the league to come back because they have a certain lifestyle that they need to maintain. So whether some of their wages have dropped or bonuses or whatever, for their own selfish reasons, they wouldn't mind playing. But again, there's some footballers that are fearful. And um, yeah, if they, as Catmon said, they're, they're, they're humans too. So what would you, how, how do you guys feel about a, a potential opt-out um, type of system in place for any player? Obviously, okay, I, I, no, go oh, sir, go, go ahead, bro. Now, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that in terms of the opt out thing, I I don't really think that that will um, it just sounds messy that whole that whole system of like players opting out because I think as soon as a few of the key players, for example, opt out of of certain teams or whatever, then <laughs> they're gonna be at a disadvantage straight away. So, in the, in in terms of that, that won't be fair. And then at the same time, there should just be an overall decision on whether they're going to play or not, just collectively as a team. I don't think it has to be a thing where players come, like they say, they're going to go ahead with the thing and then players come out and say, oh, listen, you know, I'm going to opt out. Because I feel like eventually what will happen is players will opt out and the more the more players see like um, certain players opting out, it's just going to be like a ripple effect to the point where you have like only two men on the pitch. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's not, it's, I, I don't really see how Say for example, Aguero and the Bruyne opt out, and City City players are still, you know, cool with going out there and playing ball. It it just wouldn't it wouldn't even it wouldn't even work. Firstly, I I personally think anyway. I don't think it would work. And yeah, just generally, I think just for the the whole look of the whole thing, I just it won't bode well. Like there'll be so many repercussions with that kind of pathway. So I feel like they definitely need to to get hold of like. Um, to get hold of the whole thing in terms of like making a, a final decision, but it definitely has to be something that's collective and not just down to like individuals in terms of like yeah I'm not you know I'm I'm not playing because of you know this whole situation or whatever because I feel like it will just it will leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths especially like getting around the club and you know it just don't really look good. And also with that optimism, so I just add like as a Liverpool fan. It feels so. It feels so horrible winning the league. If, like, for example, the superstars of other clubs that we wanted to beat along the way, it feels horrible now winning the league. I can't lie to you. I'll be very hundred percent honest with you. Like, winning the league doesn't feel good in these circumstances. I'd rather, if to be honest, the league get null and void and just lock it off because these circumstances where we're going to be playing in five or six collective stadiums and three groups of three groups of whatever training with each other, like, it's not the Premier League. This is not what we signed up for. Or in August to watch. No, like I'm, I'm nah, I'm not with it. Uh, yeah, but cool. just to um, sorry, sorry, just no, one cool. last thing. Um, I completely agree with what Jay said about the the hot up captain. It's it doesn't make sense um to have it because um again you just need one key player to do it and then it's like a domino effect and then 
that's it, bro. Like, you just get fair people um, saying they don't want to. And the thing is, everybody will be fully within their right um, to do it anyway. It's just a matter of coming back when it is safe for every single player to be um, back training, back playing, going back to their families. Because obviously, they, they still have to go back to their families after the match. It's not mm. as if they're all going to keep them in a hotel and say, yeah, we all know that you guys don't have it, so you will stay together. And then, because no one's going to stay away from their family. Man. What's the point? So, yeah, it has to come back when it's safe for everyone. Because the up the thing is just going to be messy, like Jay said, isn't it? So, um, yeah. It just, it just has to be, everyone comes up when it's safe, man. Yeah, I agree. I think the up thing makes no sense. Um, a lot of times, footballers make decisions together as well as, as a team. So you you can have a whole team opting out and then <laughs> they wouldn't play. Like West Ham probably wouldn't play. Um, I think I've seen a lot of the top, the, the bottom six don't want to play at all. Um, of, of course, this might have sporting reasons as well, but there'll be other teams that could completely opt out and then, where you play the league with six with six teams or something like that. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, the turn when it's safe, the turn when everyone else can play, make a collective decision. Um, I don't know. I don't understand. Or I don't. I'm not with these creative solutions they're trying to find just to to um to fulfill contractual requirements. Um, yeah, not with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to kind of echo what you guys said, um, the opt out situation doesn't really seem. Um, you know, uh, the most sensible situation. But again, I think the Premier League clubs are trying to find every single way to play the game, but still, you know, low-key trying to make players feel comfortable with uh, a possible option. But again, I don't, I don't know what happens. And then, so yeah, anyway, uh, following uh, the Premier League and Brighton's um, announcement of three players having COVID, um, just before we recorded a podcast, uh, it was reported that in Spain, across the two top leagues, five players have asymptomatic um, symptoms of uh, COVID-19, meaning they've had it but haven't recovered. And I think um, the Spanish leagues were putting in uh, a system in place for players to come back to training as, as, as long as they've as long as they've passed um, two COVID tests, so they would have to test negative uh, for COVID-19 twice for them to come back. Um, just quickly, because we kind of spoken about this in, in regards to the Prem, do you feel like some of these leagues are forcing it? Because even saying it, it just seems like such a force. Um, you know, players are still recovering, still te- testing positive. Like, this just seems such a force. What do you, what do you guys think regarding that? Yeah, definitely. They got um, they got sponsors. They got stakeholders down the neck saying, "Yo, you're not fulfilling this contract. Let's talk about the compensation packages." And they're like, "Nah, nah, nah. Let's let's go back to playing football." <laughs> That's what it is. Um, they'll have to pay back um for TV for t- the TV rides and whatever contractual obligations they had with partners. Um, this is all a money thing. And this whole situation just shows me how money oriented we are in 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 this in, in this day and age. So um. I don't think it's sensible at all when there's people that and players that have contracted it um, from that league to um, even go back to training, to be honest, because um, it's just, it seems risky. I think it's, it's a bit similar to what happened to Dybala, um, where there was also false reporting saying he has got corona again. No, he just hasn't recovered from it. And he tested positive on numerous occasions, which is why he can't go back to training and, and um, um, uh, even, even just a separate training sessions with 
with um, one coach and maybe one guy three metres away from them. Um, I think it has to be safe for everyone to return. Um, yeah, it's sad that, that it, it is like this, but um, it's, it's, it's better to play when it's safe for everyone. Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll do something which we'll regret, I think. So. It definitely, it's true as well. And the thing is, they're definitely forcing it as well because like, they're not even thinking about the image that it has on, on whichever league, um, for example, decides to come back first. It's like, say, for example, the Prem decide to come back in these circumstances and then two or three players get it. And then in result of that, like, God willing, it don't happen, but in result of that, um, somebody passes away in that family. The image, you, that, that image stays there now. It, you, can't, you can't get rid of that image, like, in terms of it was our fault that that happened in terms of it's, it's us as a nation decided to go ahead with it, let the players play, let the players catch it, take it home to their families. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's so much deeper than just like getting back getting back entertainment or getting back football just so that every man can celebrate, you know, their team kicking about a ball because that's literally what it is. You know what I mean? Like obviously for us man that love football, it's more than that. But generally speaking, like it's not that deep in terms of what we're what we're trying to rush back. Like I hear the whole money thing and all of that, but in terms of the image that you're left with, if it goes wrong. Is so much more of a it's it's a, it's a much bigger sacrifice for me in terms of the money. You see what I'm saying? Because money comes and goes regardless. Like I know it's a lot of money, but money comes and goes. Lives don't. So it's like it's 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 a bit mad. Like yeah. the, the the way they're trying to push it. And I feel like even on the outside of football as well, the way they're pushing football back as well, and they're hyping it up and hyping it up to the point where people are going outside now just to go and throw a frisbee. You think you think when Man hear that Man United, you think you think that when Man Man hear that Man United and and whoever are playing again, yeah, that they're not going to go and link up at Man's yard and, and watch the game. Come on, man! Like this is it's it's just so amateur the way these people are thinking. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I yeah, actually don't rate it whatsoever. It's a it's a very um it's a very mad situation, isn't it? Because you know what? On all sides, I can actually see. I can actually see like where everyone's coming from in terms of like um, the players, obviously the safety and stuff like that. But the money, like it's a real, it's a real like big deal because um, the fact that everything is stopped, there's no money flowing in this regard, like and people have paid billions, like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions um, for this to be going on. So if I was a businessman, I'd be saying, "Get your fucking answers back on the pitch." <laughs> Get your ass on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Do you pay this bill? Do you pay this bill? Get back on the pitch. But you can't do that, innit? But I get where they're coming from because, hey, like, there's a lot of money at stake here, innit? So, um, man, it's a tough situation. But ultimately, ultimately, when it comes down to it, it has to be safe, innit? It's that simple, man. Yeah, no, no, definitely agree. Um, so yeah, no, um, again, yeah, definitely safety is the most important thing. Um, but you know, going into a league that thinks it's safe to play, uh, we're going to talk about Bundesliga and their potential return, uh, which is touted to be next week, if I'm correct. Uh, they're going to play games behind closed doors. We have our Bundesliga correspondent here, uh, Dan. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, what we see on Twitter, when we're on Twitter and stuff like that, we see these like weird football accounts and they've changed their name to somebody. So they might change their name to somebody like 
Nkuku37 Regista or something like that. Or they might change their name to Sancho's Sancho's left foot or whatever. And whatever, you know, just different players that are playing abroad. And the thing is, we, um, you know, in the UK, one year we're ignorant because we think the, the, the Premier League is the best league in the world. And two, a lot of us haven't had time to kind of, um, you know, watch these players. So, you know, we just don't believe uh, things that have been said, like, on, on social media and stuff like that. So today, on the main account, we asked, um, we asked you know, the, the Touchline Frackers uh, people, the community, to, to give us some names of some players in the Bundesliga that we should look out for. Um, and I'm just going to reel off some of the names. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on these names and if you've seen them um, already. So um, the first one was Julian Brandt, uh, Davis, Sancho, Sibitza, Rashia, whatever his name is, Leon Bailey, Havitz, Diaby, Haaland, Nkuku, Hakimi, Upamancano, Reyna, Gnabry, McKinney, Churam, Zakaria, Alisson, Plea, or is it Plea or Ply? I don't know. Stutz. It's Alisson Plea. It's one name. Oh, it's one, one name. One okay. So it's one guy. It's one guy. Okay, okay, okay. Because the way it was written to me in the thing. Okay. All right. Uh, this one is a madness. Uh, Sut Sebeda. Sut Sebeda. Sut Sebeda. Man said it. Bam, that's a madness there. That's a madness there. Werner, <laughs> uh, is it Quazon, Iverdi, and Iverdi, Iverdi, and yes. hey, this is killing me. Before I started the pod, yeah, I looked at these names and I said, "There's no chance." I said, "There's no chance in hell." <laughs> I looked hey. at these names and I said, fam, I've never mentioned these names ever in my life. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, oh my fam, I was like, all right, cool, Davis. Nice, nice fucking British name that is. Yeah, right, <laughs> Sancho. Yeah, love it, love it. <laughs> when it got to some bits up, it was all over. <laughs> it was all over from there, bro. I was like, yeah. Oh, nah, you know what? Oh, I, now, I, now I don't blame the teachers in the school when they used to jack up my name, bro. Brutal, bro. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal, bro. <laughs> to be fair, if you ask me to say a Yoruba name, I'll be patting. But these next names and that, hey, it's, it's different. It's a bit tough. Anyway, um, yeah, man. So, Dan, Bundesliga correspondent, talk to me about some of these players and some of the players that you rate highly. And then we're going to go on uh, to the other lads and any of the players that they've seen and stuff like that. Yeah, I think... Um... From the players that I rate highly, I think most most of you guys probably have seen them in the Champions League, right? So, anyone that plays for Dortmund or Bayern Munich is pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty fucking good. Um, Haaland, Sancho, I mean, they're pretty good. Everyone knows about them. I think one there's one to look out for that you might, might not have seen that close up is Hakimi. Um, I'm known from Real Madrid. Um, he can play on the left or right. He can play as a right winger or left winger. I see Dems over there. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Um, I think... One thing that um, teams in the Bundesliga really, 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 really um, rate highly or value is a fullback that can transition from the, the first phase of the pitch to the last phase of the pitch as quickly as possible, defensively and offensively. Um, so all the fullbacks are usually very good in transition. 
And uh, Hakimi is Hakimi's sensational in transition, really, going forward and defensively. So, um, he, the games are a bit higgy sometimes. <laughs> um, but, um, so, this, this is where someone like Sancho would, 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 um, would, um, would um, look, look out and what, like, he would stand out just because he has that, he has that quality in the final third. He makes the, he makes the decision um, and the right decisions most of the time. Um, um, and he's a very super, super smart player. And he has the execution as well. So I think if you have real, real quality, uh, you stand out in the Bundesliga. Um, if you don't, then you just you just wanted a pack. So there's a few of them, where, few of the players where I think they're quite talented, but not necessarily good enough to probably come to the Premier League and make a big difference. But someone like Sancho can, someone like Haaland can, um, Hakimi can, Havertz can, um, some good players. I think there are some players that others might have not seen too much before. Um, so Musa Diaby, I think, is a quite good player. Um, relatively early into his development in senior football at the moment, but very good in 1v1s. Um, shoots well with his left foot as well. Um, so I think that's a player that potentially um, could get to that level where you think, yeah, he's good enough to make a real difference at the bigger stage. But um, for now, I think he, he, he's just one to look out for. Um, I think who else, who else say? I sent I sent someone over to Lou. Yeah, I sent... I said to him, um, also, the centre-back from Schalke, Kabak, is quite good. Um, so, um, I think the game to look out for this weekend is Dortmund-Schalke. So, it's a big, big derby. Um, see if he will play. I think last couple of games before that broke up, he didn't play. I think he had an injury, carried an injury. And Palacios from Leverkusen is quite good as well. Um, I mean, there's Bundesliga, they're not afraid to play the young players. So, um, there's a few young players you'll see and be like, oh, he's decent. Um, the N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. You're on mute, mate. Yep, so any of you seen any of the players? Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Alfonso Davis, I, I, to be honest, I, I know he's a young prospect from Canada. Um, he was so called. Uh, he, I actually know that he was called, uh, shifted Alaba to cent- not shifted, but Alaba wanted to play more centrally. I don't know about that, Dan, um, Dan because did Alaba not play DM like under um, Van Gaal at uh, Bayern Munich when he, when he when he first come through? He wasn't a left back still. Yeah, he got so he, he was got a um, yeah he got moved he got moved and then it was like a bit of a revelation. So so which is kind of similar to um. Davis as well because he was a left winger and he, he's been pushed back in it. So uh, I think yeah, left, um, he's been explosive. I've, to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I've only seen him in the Champions League, but especially against Chelsea, that was the game where he. Ooh, had, oh, he, uh, he gave God us damn. That was yeah, that, that was a game. He gave us work. He gave us work. <laughs> and the maddest, the maddest, the maddest thing was, he gave us work. I can't lie. But the maddest thing was as well is that it wasn't even just the fact that obviously um, he's great going forward but I think um, one thing that you definitely yeah the the thing that you get away with especially when you have the kind of pace and athleticism that he has is that you don't have to be like an Ashley Cole kind of defender at left back to to look good defensively sometimes you just have to have decent recovery and enough strength like and you know a little bit of know-how to to, to, to defend well you know about that you know about that right now I mean you've got that that he did he did he did mention recovery there and you mentioned Trent but go off 
Hey, he's yeah, decent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Turn me strung me with that recovery, dude. But like Alfonso Davis, now, like there was a few times. Funny enough, even in the game against them by me, um, in the first half, because they didn't start piping us until the second half. Like first half, we'd actually got through a couple of times, but the few times that we got through, Davis was there. Like he, he the guy had yards. I think Mount or someone like that had yards on him. And David just come out of nowhere. He had yards on him, bro. Yeah, he you remember? The, the way he caught him was so. And the thing is, he caught him and he he, he out. Like, the way he out him was him. crazy, bro. Yeah. And he won and the ball back I mean. so clean. And that's what I mean. So clean. He, he yeah. finds he's able to find Lewandowski or Gnabry on the other side really, really well. Um, even that, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. I like him. I, I like him. I like him. Good player. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, all all round, he seems to have it all round in terms of um. Like his uh, actual dribbling, his technical base is really good. Um, I'm just I'm just judging him from what I've seen in it, which isn't much. It, it was the demolition at Chelsea, because um, Brown, honestly, what he did that day, I've never. I don't think I've ever really seen a left back like um, like a. How old is he? What's he? Nineteen. 18 or 19, yeah. bruv. 18, 19. I don't think I've ever really seen a left back um, like that age. Um, give that complete a performance. Yeah, um, and this is like the the top 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 level, bro. And he just like absolutely, he just he just shut his flank down that day, and he embarrassed Reese James, man. Kicked his ass, bro. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was it was a very good performance. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of I kind of <laughs> forgot to mention him to be fair, but, but again, it, it ties into what I said about fullbacks, um, especially Dortmund and Bayern Munich. They they want fullbacks who are. Um, excellent in transition going forward and defensively. Um, as uh, Afonso Davis is uh, is ridiculous, and I think I'm not sure if you if you've seen the assist before. There's one assist where he literally has the ball um, by um, by the penalty box, by Bayern Munich's penalty box, and he yeah. does like a couple one twos, and he paces, he goes 80 yards, and he claps it for um, second post for um, I think Gnabryo Lewandowski to tap it in. Uh, and honestly, it takes like 10 seconds, the whole move. So, um, absolute physical specimen, but also very good um, uh, going 1v1. And he's also quite good with his right foot. So, that's something people might not know. But he's very good at just coming inside and shooting on his right. And he'll find the a, a bottom corner. He's, he's, he's the ace of fire. Yeah, no, he, he definitely looks um, at another level. Um, so... Lads, other than uh, Davis and uh, the few that um, Dan has mentioned, anybody else that you guys could potentially be looking at and uh, have your eye on? We've got to look for, um, as a Liverpool fan, I've got to look for Werner. Um, we've been linked for maybe pretty heavy over, over, the, over the past season. And I, I like him, but I've liked, you know what? He's one of them guys that on highlights, he looks great. And he, the goals that he scores, he's a shooter, very explosive. He can drift onto the left and come inside. I like him compared to especially um, Mr. Robert, Roberto Firmino, who doesn't like to shoot a lot and or either just hmm. doesn't find goals. We're not going to talk too much on that one because we've seen, yeah, we've seen no, a couple actually, of shots. I, 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 I think you'll find that he does take shots. It's just that he misses. Yeah, yeah. Misses oh. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where? It's hitting so up there still. It's yeah, no, actually no, quite embarrassing. No, I don't, I don't really like that up front. But I like him. Good player, but he's not a, he's not a number nine to me. But Werner looks... Aha, like, yes, yes. Of course, though. Werner, I have seen... He's just playing number nine for three, four years in a row. But, um
Like, he looks the part. He looks like he's explosive. He looks like he knows where to find the net. Variety of goals. He can link up really well with, um, with his um, front three. So I like the look of him. But I remember him at the 2018 World Cup when everyone was so impressed by him. And he kind of faltered a bit. So I don't know if it was a mixture of, you know, the German team just being burnt out and they're not having a good World Cup in general. Or him just being young and inexperienced. But um, I'm going to definitely, he's the one that I'm like, you need to, yeah, I would love to see a lot from him um, during this time when, you know, we're going to be concentrating on Bundesliga a lot. Mm. I like, I like Werner a lot. I think like, one I player, think one player for me. Go on, Devil. No, go on, then, go on, then. Yeah, I was just going to add that. Yeah. Think, I, I was just going to add that. I do think Werner has some deficiencies in this game. Um, so I think at the World Cup, especially, he struggled because the teams were, the teams were deep. And um, there was no space behind him to run into. So um, he didn't look as great. And he was coming onto the wing a lot. And he's not really good 1v1. He's obviously fast, but he's not a dribbler, really. Um, he's one of the, he's, he's a, I think he's very transition-based um, as a striker. Um, I think in Liverpool's system, he would work well because you guys are unbelievable in transition. Um, and he, he fits into that well. But if he goes into a team where they have the ball and um, they need him to be in... Some sort of Aguero type of striker. I'm not quite sure he is that. The thing is with Germany. Also, just before the thing is with Germany and their highlights. Like we've seen over the last couple of years, like when German players come to, like from the Germany come to the league, it's very very hard for them to adapt. So I do agree. Like, that's why I'm kind of skeptical on him because we've seen the Navigators, we've seen Mkhitaryan, we've seen like I don't, I don't know who else has come from the Bundesliga, but they haven't like got to the pace because you know the, our highlines are not on crack like in the Bundesliga. Like we sit back and sit deep, so them having those attributes that they um, that they had in Bundesliga that made them so great, it's kind of hard for them to transition it over here. So it'll be interesting to see Werner um, over this time and if he, we do make the move from what he's lacking in the Premier League. Yeah, man. Um, I wanted to say the players, um, I'd say the two players that stick out to me the most from that list. Um, obviously, Hakimi, I just want him, I want him to come back, bro. I'm tired of um, Carvajal. And that okay, so you see him, you see him, fit, you see him fitting in at uh, right back, yeah? Ah, uh, straight away, man. And and the thing is as well, because you can play both sides. Um, you know, it's just fun. it'll be fantastic to have him in the team because if you want to say, um, okay, cool, like Mendy out of the team or whatever, um, just for sake of rotation and that, then you can put him on the other side. Then you can play Carvajal or stuff like that. Because um, you know, I just think right now, um, I think Hakimi is ready to come back and just play week in week out at Real Madrid. And um, also, Nabri, flipping hell, man. See Nabri, yeah. I don't know when it happened. I don't really know when, when like, he ascended, like, he became Super Saiyan to go on. I don't know when it happened to him. But, I think bro. it was when Tony tried to boy him and say he's not good enough. He said, no, nah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not. Maybe, bro. <laughs> you. Because what I see of him now, like, his finishing, his dribbling, the, um, the speed, like, that's his all-round attacking play as, like, a um, wide forward, yeah. He is just peak, bro. And every finish is just lasered into the corner, bro. Either foot, yeah. doesn't matter. Distance, in the box. Um, he, he's, just, he's just peak, man. And I think, um, obviously, by the, they're not going to let him go, in it. But, um, boy, if, if uh, Madrid were looking, I'd look at him, bro. Because I think, I think he's that good still. I, I think the... Uh, Sorry, um, Julian. I was going to say about um, to touch on Hakimi as well. I think with um, Hakimi right now, I think I agree with the, with the, with um, Demden in terms of him going back to Madrid. I think especially where 
you look at um, obviously they've got Hazard on the left, and if he does play left, it would be interesting to see how him and Hazard link up down that side because Hakimi is like a proper link up player as well. Like he proper gets involved in like all the play. You see him sometimes centrally at Dortmund. Like I just feel like he's everywhere on the pitch at times, especially when he's in attack. Um, he's a little bit different to like Davis in terms of like he's not just all pace and and power. He's like got a little bit more flair and stuff like that. That is proper, like proper good. I feel like in the attacking, in the attacking firm. But um, yeah, man, Hakimi's definitely the one I'd I'd want to watch as well. I feel like he's. I'm watching this situation still because I feel like Chelsea are still looking for a left back, and I've seen that a couple of links here and there. And I was thinking, yo, if you could ever snap a player from the Bundesliga right now, it would probably be um, him because, yeah, man, definitely yeah. need someone like that. I've seen I've seen Hakimi as well, and. One thing that, I, and I, Davis didn't have this, so I wasn't as alone. But the one thing I, um, with Dortmund is that they're lucky so far. They haven't really been playing, or from what I've seen in the Champions League, they haven't really been playing like defensively disciplined teams. Even PSG, um, in the round that they just had, um, they weren't the most defensively disciplined and they were just bombing forward, bombing forward. So Hakimi's always had that kind of freedom to, you know, show that bit of flair. But in like, you know, when it gets to the later stages in the Champions League where you can't need to buckle down or you can't need to concentrate because you're up against the most elite, of, um, most elite wingers, I would like to see him and what he's got. And with Gnabry, yeah, with what Dem said, uh, the hunger from him is, it's kind of weird. Like, he looks like every single game that I've seen him in. And funnily enough, he's, it's always when he's come back to London, all the games that I've seen him in, he just looks focused on just beating up the team that's there. Like, against Tottenham, what he done um, at um, the White Hart Lane Stadium, was an absolute massacre. I haven't seen something like that in the Champions League in a while. And he was, he looked like so hungry. And also at Chelsea, when he came back, he looked like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to show, to show everyone. So I would like to see what Gnabry's got as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting with him because like a lot of young wingers, like you'd, you'd assume that um, the way his career was going, you would never have pictured him at Bayern doing what he's doing now in terms of like the early stages. But it just shows that with some of these young winners, you've got to kind of give them time to like just kind of get their consistency going and get their game time in and stuff like that. Because I feel like with Gnabry, he probably feels at home now. And especially where he's got so much consistency with his game time and that, he's been able to work on the things that he probably weren't doing as well when he was a little bit younger. Because he's not even that old now, you know what I mean? But obviously the quality was there. He's just, he's just somewhere where he can just work on it day in, day out, consistently get game time. And he's up against like decent teams every week. So, yeah, man, I feel like the, the Gnabry t- transformation is probably one of the best ones I've seen in a while. I, 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 you know, I sense in your voice when you're talking about consistency and about team and young win- wingers, you, you kind of want us to be easy on your boy Cho. No, not even. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even need you, I don't even need you to be easy on him because cause realistically, Bayern Munich were winning for a minute. So mm. it's, it's not really a thing. Like, Bayern Munich weren't really coming for you, man's wingers, because they weren't really saying much. But, oh, so uh, no, man. I know the streets are on the own show. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I'm going to keep an eye on that one still. Listen, listen. Wicho, Wicho, it's a calm thing. I kid you not, fam. Like, Wicho... I think the one thing about him right now is that he is, at this age, you're very much a confidence player. I think a lot of players at this age, they, they go off a lot of things, like, um, they go off a lot of um, confidence and that, especially from, like, your managers and, like, in terms of, like, when you're not doing well, your head goes down very easily. I think with Cho right now, that's, what, that's what's been happening a lot of the time. I think when things are not going off for him and that, 
he just had his head down. But by a minute, one of them, so I'm yeah. sure he's, he's confident. No, no, no. Like, no. I see, I see, I see. You know what? You know what I think about? So, what do you say, Joe? No, I said Bayern Munich won his Jacker as well, so I can't like this whole Bayern Munich wants you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? You know what with Cholia? You know what with Cholia? Yeah. I really, I, I, you know what? I think he really should have taken. If he could have got that move, he should have taken yeah. it because um, I feel just, I should just feel like cult- Yeah, I feel like culturally as well, um, especially playing in Germany, it's just yeah. like a much better environment for a young player to play because. Um, you know, and, and especially with England, with the way we would just pam any young player that, that comes on and he doesn't, if he's not, doesn't if he's do not well, yeah. doing his thing, get this young that's, bum out of here, man. Yeah, no cares, bro. That's, that's what I'm trying like, to say now. Like that's a environment. Yeah, because that's what, that's what it's like now. I feel like with a lot of the Chelsea, a lot, with a lot of the Chelsea fans, they're so used to seeing a lot of the players come in and just do well. Like recently, in recent years, a lot of the players that we buy, most of them, like, they come in, they do well, they hit the ground running and we go on to, like, you know, you know be successful with, like, with most of them. But, like, with, with Cho, because he's come from the academy, now all of a sudden the fans ain't used to this. They're not used to giving man time. Like, Mason Mount as well, like, he's had patches in the season as well, like, where he's looked poor. But at the same time, he needs that consistency in the, in the first team to, to, you know, develop his game and that. But with youth generally, and this goes back to the Gnabry point, they need consistency, which is, which is the most important thing. And Cho hasn't yeah, had that. Time. Yeah, Cho hasn't had that. Mason Mount has thankfully had that this season and you can see like the improvements in his game like um, towards the end of the season especially. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it pans out to be fair. But yeah, I, I agree with you when you, t- when you talk about like culturally, Germany, they love to like put their faith in the kids and they kind of give them the freedom to just play their game with a smile on their face and, and kind of get the fans that like, even the fans as well, they get it. Like they don't, they don't, um, I'm an R when like the kids are not doing well, they kind of get behind them and they want them to do well. So I feel like it is definitely um, something that I think Germany are going to be looking out for in terms of like, we've got a lot of good kids at the moment in England. And I think you're going to see a lot of them going out to Germany because, yeah, like you said, like that's, that's where a lot of them are starting to do well now. Obviously with Sancho leading, you know, the spearhead in the whole thing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, now speaking on that, I'm just following on that. Um... Just would like like to ask, um, so for your respective clubs, if you could pick two players from the Bundesliga to come in to your club, so Dan, it would be Arsenal. Um, so yeah, come into your club and money wasn't an issue, you'd just bring those two players in that would um, improve your team. Who would it be? Um, Julian, I'd like you to go last because um, although I said money isn't an issue, you guys are still furlough FC. So we're going to talk later on. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, start from Dan. I'd like to know your thoughts and, on, on the two players. I mean, um, the first one would definitely be Uber Meccano. So um, uh, it's, it's widely reported that, we, that we're in a hunt for a centre-back. Uh, we need a centre back that is um, physically capable. Um, also can play football. I think Opamecano is a very, very good player. Um, he, he's got the lot. Um, so where he wants to go is really his pick from um, from here on on. I think Bayern Munich are trying to get him at the moment. Um, so I would definitely pick Opamecano um, as my first pick. Then we also need someone in midfield. So this is where it's a bit more sticky. But um, uh, who would I pick? I think I'd go for a creative player. I'd go for I'd go for Kai Havertz from Liverpool. Uh, money wasn't an issue. It'd be Havertz and the corner for me. Sick, sick, sick. Um, Dems. Um, yeah, for me, 
Um, I'm going to do a bit of a cheat here because I think Hakimi's coming back home, isn't it? So, um, but he would have been one of my picks if he was like a, a Dortmund player, innit? But um, I would go for uh, Haaland because obviously Benzema's getting old, as wavy as he can be. Um, Haaland, 19-year-old striker. I think he's 19. 19-year-old striker and got the world at his feet. He just looks like he's going to get better and better and better. Um, and also, I would go for uh, Nabry as well because, again, um, cool, Hazard's there, but they're done. <laughs> um, and then there's just not much um, great options in terms of the wide areas at Madrid, in it? So I'm definitely going for um, Haaland and Nabry. Cool. Jermaine? Yeah. Um... Yeah, like I said, Hakimi, if I could get him, I'd want him to come to come to Chelsea and probably fill in at left-back. If he could uh, do a job there, then that would be proper sick. I think we definitely need a full-back at the club at the moment in terms of especially on the left. Um, and then, yeah, the links are there, in it? Like, man, like the Chelsea being guy, like, all, all um, pretty much all season, really, talking about how they want Sancho. But, yeah, Sancho, for me, is, is probably the standout in terms of what I'd want at the club at the moment. Um, I will say though that I feel I feel like with with Ziyech already I do think we've got somebody that will will come in and and do a madness. I think he's going to come in and do a madness in the league. To be fair, but I think Sancho coming in just gives us that. Um, you know, it's weird because I don't actually think he's going to do the same productivity that he does in Germany and England. I don't think it's going to be the same thing. I think a lot of people are going to be very shocked to see the numbers that he produces in his first couple of seasons. But um, I think it, I I think it depends think... who he goes to. Yeah, if he goes City, I can see him do it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but like in terms of his, just his general gameplay and that, I think yeah, I would, I would love to see him at Chelsea as well on on the right. But yeah, man, Hakimi and, and Sancho would be my two picks. Does anybody want breakfast, guys? Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why did you start with that? The breakfast stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cool. Julian, last but not least. Uh, uh, out of that list, of course, Werner. I would love to have him up front. Um, explosive, as I, as I mentioned before. And um, one that that I'll, that's a bit because you know we're not really we don't really need anyone apart from I would say I'll say Mukiele because he's a right back and I've this season the only graph that I've had in terms of um, in terms of Liverpool is our depth and especially at fullback it's been quite poor like we've had Milner come in Gomez come in different like different, these media youths from our academy come in uh, so, just to just to quickly touch on that yeah there's like a a, a mixed race boy who's basically younger Trent. And what I see him play, yeah, I can't remember his name. He plays for Liverpool, innit? He was basically trying to do crossing in Shalal, but it wasn't as good. <laughs> and it was making me... Is that that Curtis Jones guy? Yeah, it was finishing me. I'm like, bro. I'm like, he's try- He's basically trying to play like Trent. And I was like, fam, like... I, 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 I try to not be so harsh on these youths, yeah. But every time I see these Liverpool youths play, I'm like... Jesus Christ, none of you are. <laughs> none of you are, are like levels like that. Like, at least you know when you see, like, for example, like Arsenal and you get Nketiahs, you get the Sackers, you get someone to show you a bit of something, you get the Greenwoods. 
I look at something. What, what about my man? What's my man's name? The one that got the medal haircut. Like, what you got haircut. What's my man? What is that? What Brewster says? You see him, yeah? That's what. <laughs> you see him, yeah? This is what I'm saying. This is Ellis's boy, innit? Like, all the man them told Ellis, listen, that's your stocks. That's your portfolio over there. If you want to put your, your stocks into him, that's him, innit? The cop in Frankers, I'm just letting everyone know. That's not our stocks. That's Ellis's personal stocks there. Um, we don't that that you still has time to grow. We like him. Good you good trim with the with the gold medal. We like that you got the gold medal boost up. You need to come back stronger after the injury, but yeah, fam like this. What about no, what about no Harvey Elliott? You know, I know you but rate these youths and that that Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott, he's, he's he's good, but he's young in it. Like there's not a lot you can take from a young like a, he's literally like a schoolboy when he comes on. Like you see him, he's so small. He's got quality there, but at 16, like, you know, he, like, he's not Wayne Rooney in it, so I can't really, like... He's a bit of a wayward dude as well, isn't he? He's a Rufian, I lie to you. He's a Rufian. He's definitely one. <laughs> <laughs> he's just say he's a Rufian? Yeah, a Rufian. <laughs> Are you looking for the word Rufian, mate? A what? Oh my God! <laughs> hey, I, 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 was, I was thinking he was pronouncing like that on purpose. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> "You've been going your whole that, life doing that, bro." Before, bro. Hey, listen, I tried to, I tried to uh, bring some extended vocabulary. Yeah, you're sounding like me with a with a German name. Hey, yo. <laughs> Dude, I, I know, you, I know you haven't been going your whole life and saying Rufian all over the place. It's bro. a Rufian. He's a Rufian, uh, mate. Uh, it's a Rufian. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it, you know what, um, <laughs> hey, Julian, don't you oh, think you're not even like a centre mid, though? Or are you happy at centre mid? At centre mid, yeah, it's a weird one, because I've come to accept that our centre mid is just never going to be creative for us to work. So you're just happy with the workhorses, yeah? Yeah, I, I just, I'm just happy because right. what I've accepted is that our full-backs and um, maybe Firmino, when he decides to you know, drop back deep, is our, is our creativity. So uh, having someone like Sabitza or I can't, I don't even know who's, a, who's another centre mid. Um, and Kung- and that in Cuckoo guys kind of all right still. Yeah. But, um, but the last time you got bought a player from like RB Leipzig, it didn't work out. Too yeah, much. man. So I, I'm not on. Oh, yeah, you might still have Kater on that. Yeah, I mean, like, and especially um, midfielders in Germany, I'm kind of like, I'm cool on that. We've got one here. Let's just see where he goes. It goes. Imagine we got one here. Yeah, we've got one here. <laughs> Trying so. to get rid of <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, like, he's got another season, you know, and then after that, we'll, we'll see. But boy, we've got one. Let's just. Call off on the stocks in there, and then yeah. So for me, it'll be Mukiele and um, Werner. You know and what? I still kind of think that Kater. I still think he's got something in him, bro. I still think I don't. I don't know where it is because I know he's got ability, bro. Doctor Umar, you just believe in him. He's like he's the Doctor Umar. I I I wouldn't believe in him as well, but it's getting to the it's getting to the point where you can't keep making excuses. You can't keep saying, "Oh, he's no." Nah, there's no excuses for him. Like he's been he's been poor in it, but. He's still shown like glimpses. Like there's been times, certain yeah. performances where he's been like, okay, like he can he can clearly play a bit. I agree. Still, he just he just, he just hasn't put it all together. Like in terms and of, I, also, I, and I, I still also, feel like he hasn't gelled into the team properly. I also, I also don't think Klopp has done a good job in terms of like trusting him enough. Like I feel like, especially last season, we get we get we were going for the title, so you had to you know put the work cause me feel. But there's a lot of games where I feel like, and maybe it's because of his own fitness. Because I've even seen um, against Arsenal, maybe because he looks like a rapper. Oh, boy. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I was talking about that still. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember against Arsenal, there was one game this guy was playing, yeah? And he, I can't remember who he tackled. And then I just saw him limping and limping. And this was a League Cup game, so he was against Bear Utes. And I just watched him for the rest of the game, limping. And then after, it took, I think it was about five minutes, I was like, 
yeah, he, they, they just took him off. And I was like, this guy is just, he's, his body's just not with it. I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't know what it is, but he needs to get it together. But I, I have faith in him. He's a good player. He showed quality. I've seen games where I've seen quality. So I'm not too mad in terms of thinking that, yeah, this guy should be out of the team completely. But he needs to show him more, 100%, especially for the price tag and the hype. No, I, I, I play that with you. Sergi. No, go on, yeah. Jermaine. A player that would have suited um, Liverpool, I thought, would have been Havertz. But the only thing is, like, um, when Chelsea were linked with him a few weeks ago, and I, and I took some time out to go watch him in it, and I was watching the two legs he played against Porto in the Europa. And the only thing I say about Havertz is that he's, he's like, he, he's kind of like got this Urzel vibe about him. Like, he don't really look like he's trying to work too hard when he ain't got the ball. Yeah. He lacks a lot of aggression as well. But the thing is, when he gets the ball, that midfielder that you lot need, yeah, exactly. That, that midfielder that, that you lot need in terms of quality, in terms of to make, to make something happen, like his numbers in terms of assists and goals are quite good as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's exactly what you're missing. But I don't know how Klopp would deal with his lack of work rate and his lack of aggression. Like it might be a young thing in terms yeah. of you might just need somebody to try and get it out of him. But like generally, that's just how his body language looks. He looks like um, I don't really. Well, I he's the type of guy who will, who who won't throw you into the deep end if he knows you're not ready. Like with 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 someone like have habits is that how you pronounce his name? Before yeah. I get I butcher it, habits. He's he's a very creative player, but I feel like with Klopp, it'll take him like for him to be like, all right, cool, I can see that you're gonna work hard on this pitch. The same with I think Minamino. It'll probably take him like a couple of months out, just leave you out of the team. And especially Herbert, you're coming to a, a Champions League and soon to be hopefully win win league side. Like you don't really have a leg to stand on, come from Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen, and then coming and saying, "Yeah, I need to start every game." You're not you're not that guy. So Klopp can kind of be like have that leeway and be like, "Yeah, you know what? You're going to take a couple. You're going to sit this one out. You're going to work on your your attributes if that's if he does go for him, and we'll see from there." But again, with German midfielders, I'm a bit shaky still. Hey, hey. Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, just quickly moving on. For, well, for, for me, my two players would be Davis and Gnabry. Just love Davis. Obviously, everybody said uh, whatever they've got to say about him. And Gnabry, just going off, literally going off the Champions League performances against the English sides, enough for me. Um, yeah, top, top, top player. Um, um, I, I like Sancho. I definitely like Sancho. But the level of performance that Gnabry showed me, it's, it's mental. Like, um, again, as... Elite. Yeah. And he's got that extra PMP it's, as well yeah. over Sancho. He's got the extra PMP. So. And he's played um, Premble before as well. I know Ex- well, Sancho has, hasn't. I mean, Sancho hasn't, but... Um, I, like, I feel like, like Nabry would come back with, with a point to prove as well. I feel like Sancho would actually get more of your franchise player, Rashford, um, compared to Gnabry. That's what I would have thought you would have went for him. Sancho is more of a creator. Of That's true. Self-defense. That's true. And if Rashford's uh, you know, looking to be your franchise player up front, um, I'll, I'll, I would rather, if I was Man United, I'd have Sancho above Gnabry because Gnabry is more of a shooter. He's an inside forward. So. I, I, I definitely I definitely get you on that but for me the way how I, I vision it the reason why I say Davis because I feel like Davis and Rashford can combine on the on the left and um, Gnabry's got so much PMP on the right that would just be him holding it down and then mm-hmm. we'll just we'll just want our two wide forwards similar to Liverpool you know you've you got a guy in the middle that don't really do much so two wide players just um, you know banging in the goals that's <laughs> basically how I envision it <laughs> you should be able to relate to, to the vision no, I, I hear it I hear it like, <laughs> you, should, you should be able to relate so yeah like, yeah that's that's basically how I envision it but no I I, I definitely respect Sancho his creativity is definitely on a next level um, but just for 
in, just just in terms of kind of like goals and uh, stats and whatever. I just feel like Gnabry's going to get Gnabry, me that. Yeah. He's going to be hungry and just yeah, it's you're, direct. Your right side as well, like in terms of um, Saka. The thing is with Sancho as well. He he plays well. Like if you've seen him when he plays with um, combinations. Hakeem, he, yeah, he links up well with his players. And the thing is, if you've got someone like Basaka there, in a way, that Gnabry thing works because then you can just say to Gnabry, listen, this flank's yours, you do your thing here. You, you're on your own. Because Basaka's got you, bro. Don't worry, nobody's coming through here. Like, Basaka's got this 100%. Because we all know, like, 1v1 one 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 right now, there's probably nobody better than Basaka in terms of defensively. Like, I stick by that. I don't even care, like, if... He's only been here two seasons. Like literally, I don't see anybody going past that. You hardly mm. in terms of when it's on D one. This attacking stuff from Wan Bissaka needs to stop because I think it's so so overstated. Like this no, no, it's not. Still, it's not. No, still. no, it's not. He's, he's, he's not. He, yo, he's yo, not the best, yo. He's not the best attacker, but the way everyone nah. goes for like it's the be all and end all of like his ability is mad. Like this you is so cold defensively. I'm mean, like I'm having it in the Champions League semi final or quarter final. You don't need a man, trust me. You don't need a man that's going to bomb forward. You need a man that's going to lock down that right-back play. So in Bro, the- fam. You see with Wan-Bissaka, yeah? Whilst I, and you know what? One thing I'll say to him, credit to him, he's like incrementally been getting better, bro. He's been improving. Yeah. And I think with him, I think it, with him it was a matter of confidence in believing that um, he can actually um, contribute um, offensively, like because he is actually quite a very good um, dribbler um, relative to a fullback. He can actually um, beat a player with um, his PMP and um, he's quite tricky as well. Uh, technically, as a crosser, he's poor. And in terms of his build-up play, it's not, it's just not good enough yet. But he yeah. can improve and he is improving. We, we literally saw that last season because he kind of started off and um, Jesus Christ, man, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> but he kept on getting better. <laughs> he kept on getting better. And he picked out some peak crosses towards, mm. the, um, well, towards the end of the season, but um, as the season went on. So, um, yeah, I yeah, definitely, definitely think he can um, still get better and better. And um, it's definitely not a waste of money um, or nothing like that. Um, you just got to do a Valencia thing. You just got to do a Valencia but the thing. thing is, you know what Valencia used to do, just run down the wing and just bag it in the box. But the thing is, yeah, I, uh, you know, when I could even look at Valencia and stuff like that, yeah, Valencia had one great season at right back and then other, th- other mm. than that, he's been like rubbish and stuff like that, yeah. I feel like Wan-Bissaka is such an, an, an improvement. So sometimes mm. I'll come on a pod and maybe exaggerated how bad he's been and that's probably, you know, when you, you know when you look at your team overall and you're just taking yeah. it out on one player. When I kind of look back now at the season, like in hindsight, and I kind of look, about, look at his performances and stuff like that, again, as Dem said, like, he, he definitely improved as the season went on. And yeah, like he does have a trick. So like one v one, he's got a little trick, and he, his PMP can kind of get past you, and he would whip in a decent ball, like a like a, a a decent ball where if you had a striker on his toes or striker with with great movement, and you know uh, you know again, Marshall. One thing I'm trying to do is to to stop like rubbing out players in it. So Marshall. Mm. For some reason or not, like for some reason or another, he's always on his heels in regards to you kind of like anticipating crosses and stuff like that. But if you get a striker that anticipates those crosses, you know, Wambasaka probably has three, four more assists this season than he, he currently has. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely feel, um, as Julian said, he's, uh, his poor performances have been overstated. And then that when you talk about like some of the big performances in the season, especially some of the matchups against Sterling, he's, you know, 
people have to definitely like give him his credit for for like when we battered City, yeah, he was he was instrumental in that because Sterling is very very he he was City's most dangerous player, but Rambasaka had him on lock. It's, it's the direction of the game. Sorry, Julian. It's the, it's the direction of the game that is going in as well, isn't it? Like obviously with with a lot of fullbacks, like we've we just talked about um, Davis in terms of what he does attacking. We've talked about Hakimi. We've talked about um, uh, Trent. Obviously, everybody knows about his delivery as well. Even when you look at Reese James, like his strengths is like so far have been like his crossing and his ability to dribble with the ball. And it's like you look at all the fullbacks that you talk about these days; they're all good at attacking. But then when I ask you to to name me fullbacks that are good at defending, man, are struggling because you can't. <laughs> the first person you think of is Bissaka because there's no, there's hardly anybody else. There's, that's scary. To be in an era where you, you you're thinking about fullbacks and you can't name fullbacks that 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 can actually defend, like properly defend, when that's meant to be your first job, that's scary. The thing is, the thing is, sorry, I think I think that. Oh, sorry, bro. Go, 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 go. You go, you go, no, no, dance. Go, you, you in your back. Okay, cool. I think I think with that, um, I think that's just more of an indication of like where the game's going and how it's shifted and what we ask of, not what we, but what football's asking of um, players, um, especially at the top level anyway, like in terms of you must be a 7 out of 10 footballer to be at the top level, bro. You have to, yeah. like, especially yeah. fullback, because fullback is so important now. So you need to be able to um, contribute in the build-up. You need to be able to um, beat a man, because sometimes um, you're not going to have a winger to, to beat a man for you, bro. You're going to have to do it yourself. Sometimes they'll leave yeah. you with the whole flank to yourself. And if you can't, um, attack in a bunch of different ways, then you're just not going to be of much use to the team, bro. So that's why I defend it, especially with the top teams, because um, let's face it, you're not going to be defending that often. If you're going to have the ball 60, 70, 75% of the time, you need to be a really good footballer, bro. So that's why um, that's why it's probably shifted away from having like fullbacks that are just going to like, you know, just proper be tough defenders and that they're not really going to get beat and they're just going to play their one-twos and then swing the ball in and then run straight back down the flank. Nah, bro, you need to play football. Now, if you look at the heat maps, their, their, their positions are generally as wingers. I think, I think they're generally playing as wingers. I agree. Bro. I think Pereira is a good example though. Pereira is like a very good mm. example of what you'd call a perfect fullback. The requirements of the game generally have changed. When the soccer, um, and some of his attacking um, and and play going forward, I think um, very obviously he has he has improved quite a lot in in, the, in this aspect. Um, but really, for me, I rate fullbacks on both. I don't say oh he has to be a bad boy defender. I think it has to be balanced. And um, as, as we as we said, um, defensively and um, going forward, you have to be peak physically. You have to be able to get up and down the pitch multiple times, have to be able to recover, have to be able to, when your team is counter-attacking, do, the, do that long-bursting run support and potentially put in the last pass to kind of kind of get this going. So, um, yeah, fullbacks are hard, um, judged very harshly because the requirements of the position have changed so much and they are such big difference makers now. Uh, look at Liverpool. Their fullbacks are peak physically. Um, Trump might not be the best going forward, but he's like ridiculously going forward. And, um, the get the, the the way they play is very very reliant on them being able to do what they do. I might be putting ten thousand crosses in the game, but this is what they're reliant on, and they have the time to do it. 
and they do it. Um, and even other teams like Bayern Munich, their fullbacks are very good technically, very good at crossing. And it's the best teams have the fullbacks with the best technical quality. So um, this is why they're getting judged so harshly. I think Juan Bissaka definitely has a lot of room for improvement, but in a way he's a he's a bit of a unicorn because he is peak defensively one one. So he's basically like I don't know, he's like a he's like a key. You you don't really get a fullback that you can use and lock a man up. And usually you kind of you 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 kind you kind of you have to you have to kind of you know you're going to come up against a top winger and you're you the winger's going to do your fullback over a few times a game. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. With Wamasaka, it doesn't happen, which is why he's mad. So that's fine. He has this USP, and he has still improvement to go um and be better offensively. But ultimately. Oh, unless you're as big as him defensively, um, you're going to be judged harshly, you know. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Mm. And I, I think, I, I think um, that's actually a big reason why we're seeing... Um, so many people playing at fullback now that if you look at um, the progression in the um, positionally, they weren't always fullbacks because um, that's why you're getting so many wingers and former centre mids that are now playing at fullback, bro. Because you need players that are really confident on the ball, like, just like um, Daniel said, bro. Because that's just the way the game's going now, man. It's moved on. It's moved. They're so yeah. important to attacking structures now. So important. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely agree with uh, what you guys are saying. Um, so before we get into listeners' questions, just a quick random thought. Um, the Ajax coach, I'm definitely not going to attempt his uh, name. Dan, can you bring me in, please? Is <laughs> um, Eric Ten Hag. Jesus, yeah. So my man, <laughs> um, my man <laughs> was quoted <laughs> in... in <laughs> Yeah, so my man was quoted in an um, interview to say, uh, today basically saying that he thinks Pep's only ever made one mistake and that was him underestimating uh, the pace and power of the Prem. Um, so when we, because he was uh, the reserve manager when Pep was at Bayern. So just before we kind of... M- go into like a listener's question that kind of uh, relates to that. Um, Dan, I just want to talk about, you know, the kind of the, the physical aspect of the Bundesliga. Can you kind of give us a wrap up on that and, and, and what you think? I think um, the Bundesliga is quite physical, but in a different way to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So the Bundesliga is quite physical and in the way it's quite chaotic. And as you all know, um, a lot of teams play um, the counter-taking footballing style, play gegenpressing style, which is quite high energy um, not necessarily has the same physical demands of the Premier League though because I feel like the Premier League games are different they are, they are very physical but in physical in a way of getting stuck in whereas in the Bundesliga is more are we running up and down the pitch we're trying to win the ball back together this is a different requir- requirement and uh, the Premier is a mix of very physical and, and getting stuck in and also having to win the ball back and pressing very hard so it's like it's basically the peak 
of um, physical demands of all leagues, really. I think if I go, if I have to rank it, it'd be um, physically least demanding would be La Liga and Serie A probably tied. I think Serie A is probably less physical demanding than um, La Liga. And then um, I think um, the French league is very physically demanding. Um, I think probably similar to the Bundesliga, but um, they have more physically capable players. Um, so I'd, I'd say Bundesliga is obviously lower in terms of what the, what the physicality of the league, uh, from league, but it is still quite physical, and purely because it's chaotic. Um, you will see um, next weekend <laughs> when um, when they're pressing uh, 90 miles per hour <laughs> for 45 minutes and then are completely tired the second half and, and the good team pick them off. Yeah, no, no. Okay, and um, just following... Uh, from that, we have a listener's question from I Dan Roberts, um, who says, "Can a player ever be elite level without elite athletic traits?" So, if anybody wants to answer that, um, it depends. Yes, in this day and age, you can, you can't. Like um, Ozil is a perfect example of that. Like Ozil, what let's say, he was at peak. He had peak at um, athleticism when he was younger. Peak. Oh. But then, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I, I'm That's sure. the thing. Um, I say, hmm, you know what? It's tough. It depends on it depends on, on on what we're talking about in the sense of athleticism because um, someone like that, uh, Messi, he's really really agile, really really quick. Um, but he's not he's not like strong. He's not going to budge you off the ball. He's he's not like he's not a powerful powerful player in it. But um, and he has, I wouldn't say he's got elite athleticism by any stretch, but um, he's super agile. He can change direction really, really quickly. And um, Mad balance, though. His, te- Mad balance. his technique, his technique is, is, you know, flawless. So, but then again, that's a, that's a real big exception to the rule, isn't it? So I think right now in today's football, you know what? I'm actually going to change my answer. I don't think you can, you know, in today's football. I don't think, I don't think you will see a player um, get to the top like the absolute top and he hasn't got some sort of like real serious capability. You look at the best of the young players right now, Mbappe, he's a physical specimen, bro. You know? As well as yeah. having superb um technique and and you know attacking instincts and stuff like that. Um but he is a physical specimen. The same goes for people like Davis and stuff like that. Physically they are absolutely unbelievable, bro. And really powerful players. You question I think about- those players sorry, I think those players can only play in midfield. Um, it'll have to be someone who has to unreal techniques, like someone like Tony Kors, for example. I don't think he's physically very blessed, but oh, yeah. he's left, left footed, left foot and right foot. It doesn't matter. He can hit a ball sixty yards. Um, he can hit ball from all all angles. He can touch the ball down easily. You have to be very, very technically capable, like technically proficient to the highest level, to be playing in midfield and be as physically incapable as <laughs> Tony Kors in a way. And um, he has good stamina, but. He has nothing that can create separation physically. And I think the biggest difference maker is creating separation physically and being able to create separation also through skill. So the best players in the world do that. Hazard, uh, Neymar, Messi. So that's why I think Messi is also peak physically because his acceleration used to be mad. Obviously, he's not the same anymore, but his acceleration used to be mad. The first 10 yards, 15 yards, he's gone. And also strong with the ball. So you have to be, I think you have to have both to be a difference maker. Or you have to be so peak technically, like you have to be Tony Cross basically. I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna say like Tony, because the thing is like at at Chelsea at the moment we have a problem like in terms of 
um, a lot of fans get onto him, but a lot of fans rate him at the same time. And it's, it's, it's kind of ties in with this thing about athleticism because Jorginho is a very good footballer, but he, he is probably a player that, one of the players that probably lacks the most athleticism in the league. He's like, one of the weakest, joking. slowest men yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> one, 100. And, I'm, and the thing is, like, my gripe with him is that, like, I feel like as soon as it, it when, when the game gets very, very intense and, and, and it starts becoming a thing of, like, physicality and, and pace, I think he's, he's clever enough to deal with it at times. So because he's such a good footballer, he can get out of situations because he knows, his, he knows like, he's, all, he's two or three passes ahead in terms of, like, he's got two or three options of where to go before, before he even gets the ball. But when these players start hunting him down, sometimes, you, PMP, you can't run away from it. Do you understand? Like, sometimes, yeah. you, if the team is hunting you, you're in a certain fucked. way, you, eventually, you're going to, yeah, you're just, you're f You can't, they'll, they'll run all over you. That Them guys, like, Ndidi and them guys, like, if they're off, <laughs> that's, if that's it. Do you get what I'm saying? Uncle so, Wilfred. <laughs> Also, you, you have to be so, so elite in, in those positions. And I, and I look at someone like um, Verratti, who also doesn't really have athleticism like that, but what he has is he has mad aggression. So I think if you do lack it, mm. you have to have, you have to have like this kind of aggression where you can kind of still um, battle with these players. Do you get what I'm saying? Do, do you know what? The thing? I think Jorginho is a super example because Jorginho, I think, has a few deficiencies. He's not good on his left foot. He's also, he, he, he's, he, I don't think he can win a header. I don't think he can but shoot the ball, really. So he's just purely, oh, he's, he's playing football like, he's playing on 11 side pitch like a six side. But he gets caught up more than someone like Kroos, for example, because Kroos, Kroos is a bit, he's strong. He can play he's a little bit stronger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah technically he's also, also better. Kroos, he also you see Kroos? Technically he's better as well, yeah. You see with Kroos as well, um, one great thing about him, he's got, um, his first touch beats players. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that with Cruz, like his first touch actually can somebody pressing him, the way he can touch the ball, and he, he the way he fakes with his body, his face, yeah. he will beat the, he will beat a player without having to actually dribble past him. Yeah. So that's a very good equalizer. So you know what I think, a player that's not um that doesn't that doesn't have a really good athleticism, he can be a top player, but you need to have like some sort of equalizer that is like. Really, really like you uh, know, yeah, I like that, that. kind of offsets, it, kind of offsets, it kind of offsets your um physical uh, deficiencies. Yeah, mm. yeah, because Cruz, because Cruz is elite in that, in that, in that um, in that midfield role, especially when it comes to making that pass. Fabregas was the same as well. Like towards the end of the field, like that. Fabregas, like he he doesn't have mm. PMP at all, and he's and he and he got weaker as well, and he got slower towards the end of his career. Was, was it him and Kante right in the mid? In the yeah. Mid yeah, yeah, that, that was that was the perfect combination for me. Yeah, his passing though, like in terms of his passing range and, and his ability to pick out a pass, if you let him get his head up, that's that's it, you're finished. So with Jorginho, because he lacks that and he, he doesn't even have that. He doesn't even have that Fabregas or that crew. He doesn't have that elite level technique. He doesn't, he doesn't have he, he no, he has elite level technique, but he just doesn't have that pass, you know, like that range of pass. He doesn't have it in his locker. Like he sometimes he, he tries to play a pass and I've seen it so many times like Fail to reach the player, mm. like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, and that for me is where. You know, would you, cool. What, what would you, I just don't think he has power, even behind his passes. Yeah, when he plays a long pass, that pass is not flying. That pass is floating. It's floating, bro. Wait, wait. Floating. So to so to, to 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 basically um, wrap it up quick. Yes or no from everybody? Could you be elite uh, without having um, elite athletic traits? 
Yes or no? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, but you need an equal. But there's an asterisk here. There's a, there's a big asterisk here. <laughs> okay, asterisk. Yeah. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say yes, you can, but I was going to actually say it's relative to your league because Jorginho okay. was looking nuts in um, Syria. Uh, yeah, good point, still. If you, if you come and when, he, when you saw even at Napoli, when it was time to buck someone with PNP in the Champions League, they were always getting knocked out. Same with Kroos last year as well with Ajax. So Mkhitaryan, when he came to this league, he was very like he, in Germany. See, you Liverpool up. fans don't listen. I said yes or no. My man's went on a dialogue. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just that variable. I actually don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'll, I'll say yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Alright, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you think, bro? I'd say, yeah, I'd say. Cool. Going on to the next question because we ain't got all day. Um, It's predicted that the financial state of football will be hit hard by COVID. Making these big transfers uh, will be difficult over the next five seasons. Some agent squads and lack of quality. How would each of the big big teams cope? Prem and Europe. But let's just do Prem. Well, let's do Prem and Madrid. We ain't got time for everybody. Uh, Personally, I feel like no Premier League team is was ever going to spend over 100 mil anyway like even with Sancho this Sancho deal I don't think it was ever going to touch 100 mil so I think there's going to be a lot of trade deals that's one thing that's, that I think is going to be big like you know uh, swaps in it yes, two, two, two loan swaps and 50 and like 30 mil on top something like that I can see that being a big thing but I don't think any big money moves like um, uh, Neymar or, or another Pogba was going to happen anyway because I don't think any players are really worth it these days to be honest apart from Mbappe of course mm. yeah no I, th- I think um, to be fair in terms of my I was going to say yeah I, how would your club do so how would Chelsea yeah, do in terms right of, now in terms of my club at the moment I, re- I reckon Chelsea like set themselves up for this situation even though they didn't know it was going to happen I think they've set themselves up for it nicely because they've got so much youth coming through already. They've been pushing it from last season due to the transfer ban and due to obviously Lampard and Morris being being our, our, our management team. But um, like we've also had players that have been out for a bit as well in terms of like Ruben lost his cheek. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think we'll be fine. I think getting Ziyech done really early was like it's looking to be like a really good move. Like even that's better. A, that's now. a masterstroke. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Because it's like. Now we've already got a new signing coming in and we don't really have to worry about if if we don't get Sancho, if you get what I'm saying, like that's not really as big of a deal now. I think um Mertens on a three is what we've been linked with a lot as well lately, and I feel like that's also like um I think that's also gonna be a masterstroke as well in terms of like still giving Tammy the confidence in in, in playing him and, and him being like our number one striker for for, for the future. Um, and letting him improve in that. So I think Mertens is going to be a good deal as well if we can get it done. But yeah, a lot of frees, a lot of swaps. I can see like Jorginho going to Juventus and somebody coming from there, maybe in a position that we need to strengthen in. But um, yeah, I think I think we're more than more than capable of dealing with this situation. Uh, I think we've been ready for it from due to like last season in, in terms of what happened with the ban and all that. So yeah, cool. man, I, I, I say it's looking good at the moment. Uh, uh, Dan, your respective clubs, how would they do? over the next uh, five seasons in regards to not being able to make uh, big transfers? I have no idea, to be honest. I, I can't lie to you. I have no idea. And um, I think we'll see our own involvement, how, how involved they are and how um, how much they are p- pumping into clubs as well. Um, I don't think our owner will pump in anything. Really, or maybe he'll, he'll keep us afloat, make sure the asset is running nice and smooth and uh, retaining value. But um, I think we have to be smart with our deals. Um, and um, 
buy players and then sell them potentially on. Um, I, w- I would actually adopt the Dortmund um, level or Dortmund style kind of um, recruitment policy, but um, I don't think they'll do that. I think they still want to do at least one marquee signing when, when, when they can. Um, for the next transfer winner, I don't know what's, what it's going to be like, but for the winners after that, I just think um, they, they, that's the vision they have, always to have at least one big signing in the window, even though I would go a bit of a different route, to be honest. Um, just t- touching on one of your clubs, yeah. Sorry, before I move on to Dems. Um, Aubameyang linked with leaving. And as Henri said, how can I expect him to stay when I left? You know, the great Henri. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. What, what what would you do in regards to... So, if Aubameyang leaves, what who's, who's the natural successor? What, what do you see happening in that position? Ideally, um, so we'd have, you'd have to look where... If he leaves now, he's still in contract. So... We'll either get a fee or it'll be a swap deal. So whether where's he going? If he goes Real Madrid, then we have to take Jovic. If he if he goes um, Barcelona, I think we should try for um, Dembele. Um, so I, I think we we need to we need to be smart with the way um, if he leaves and where he goes and what we get him in turn um, and just reinvest it into a young strike. I think we have Martinelli coming through, um, a young winger. Um, Lacazette is still going to be here and still going to be panned so um, let's see um, it's not looking great but maybe he'll sign I'll be, I'm positive Cool Dems I'm quite interested to hear your actually to be fair like yeah I'm quite interested to hear your opinion because Real Madrid have a, a, a mixture Yeah um, there's quite a few older players that um, need to get shifted on and stuff like that um, I'm not quite sure how many years some of these players have in their contracts and stuff like that but on the other side, Real Madrid have been stockpiling young players for like the last five, six years. And um, they've actually been quite good with loaning them out. And um, like the amount of players that um, do to come back to the team, um, I'm looking at it now. Like, um, there's Kimi, um, there's Odegaard, um, there's Kubo, there's Flipping, um, there's Ceballos, um, Vallejo, um, there's the left back at Sevilla, there's Odorizola. There's actually quite a few players to come back. So um, if they did want to make deals in which they were offering players out, um, they have a lot of players in which they could actually use to exchange and they have a lot of good players that are just ready to come back and actually play at Real Madrid. And, um, and then they also have a lot of money as well. Um, obviously, they're not trying to spend like that, but um, they have enough players to use um, to leverage for deals if they do want to bring players in. Um, people like Jovic, um, if they do want to bring in a Bamiyang just to come and bang those for like a year or two. Um, so I think, I think they're in a good position because um, there's plenty of young players and there's still the likes of Rodrigo and um, Vinicius and there's still like a bunch of players there that haven't quite yet um, hit that next level. But in terms of just having um, a talent pool, they have a very large, deep talent pool, um, both with players that are like... Um, prime age and uh, like people like Cruz and that I still think Cruz is still like a top top midfielder and then um, there's the likes of Mendy um, who I think Mendy's actually peak and then there's still Marcelo there like so there's a, a good uh, mixture of um, players that they have there. so I think they're in a good position um, if they want to get rid of players and they're in a good position if they want to bring players in or they want to bring players back yeah no that's definitely a good uh, a, a good position um uh, to be in um next question is from daps underscore 95 which will answer quite briefly so he says who's the best mid-table side you've seen in the prem history 
for example, he's saying 2008 Stoke and 2006 Bolton. Does Aston, mm. Aston Villa count when they had Ashley Young, Gareth Barry in there? I'm picking West Ham with Paye. Yeah, West Ham would be my pick. Mm. I'm going to say Aston Villa with when they had Young uh, and with them. Yeah, that was a pretty nice team. Any, any other teams? Can I pick Wolves? Um, yeah, yeah. Can I pick Wolves? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I said, you know what, I think Wolves, yeah, I think... Wolves are the best one that I could think of like, off the top of my head. I say, I say Wolves. Just to be different, yeah. Just because they're in, they they should be probably sitting in fourth right now. But I'm, I give it Sheffield United. Bro. <laughs> they're not even a mid-table side right now. But boy, they're gonna be. They seem they're gonna be Champions League, fam. Like, them and they are, them and they are moving right. mad. Like seriously. No, but do, do you know what it is? Yeah, even following from Sheffield United, yeah. Inshallah, we start this league and we pam Sheffield, bro, because these men have been moving. Like, nah, we need, we, need to, we need to box Sheffield United around the corner, bro, because... Hey, listen, yeah, they're yeah, moving mad, because they're trying to be yeah. in that Champions League. Yeah, no, nah, 100%, man. Um, yeah, that's all we got for today. But, lads, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, it's been it's been a good pod and we're definitely uh, looking um, looking next week to, to, to watch the Bundesliga that the lats are going to be on but yeah man thank you Jermaine Dan Dems Julian really appreciate your time and yeah make sure you use the hashtag Touchland Fracas um, yeah we out We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Podcast Network.